everybody. Welcome to another episode of Art Blog Radio. I'm Roberta, your host, and today I'm happy to be talking with Pedro Ospina. Hey, Pedro, thanks for being with me today. Hello. 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 <laughs> Pedro Ospina is an artist, educator, and the founder and director of Open Kitchen Sculpture Garden in North Philadelphia's Norris Square section. Pedro is a visionary and a humanist who believes in the integration of art and life. And in the open kitchen sculpture garden, art and life come together through food and sharing. And I really want to know more. So Pedro, I'm really, really humbled that you are here to talk to us. I want to talk, you know, chronologically, let's go back to your where you were born. You were born in Bogota, Colombia and raised in New York City. And among other things, you told me when we spoke a month ago, you said, I was raised in New York. I eat everything. <laughs> and that just struck me as wonderful. And But I want to know more. So talk about eating everything and how you got to be a, I guess you might say an omnivore, right? You are an <laughs> omnivore. <laughs> well, I think food is is so important. And I think that throughout my life, I've been exposed to, I love to travel. So I've been exposed to a lot of different foods and, and cultures and things like that. And those experiences have always really had a deep meaning for me. So when I say everything is like, I love food. I think that food is sacred. I think that, you know, uh, everything behind the preparation of food, you know, brewing food, everything. And it's actually evolved in my life in that way. Now I'm growing my own food and, and doing different things like that and, and really kind of exploring food in a whole different way. We kind of grew up as a, a, just the four of us in New York. And all my family has always been in, in Colombia. And um, it was kind of like a small group. And we never had any like big Thanksgiving dinners or anything like that or you know so I I always loved eating with a lot of people because that was always something kind of new to me and and kind of like uh, sharing food and, and doing things like that was really important and kind of made a big difference so yeah talk about you have a, a really great story about eating together in big groups um from when you were in Bogota and you talked about people on the weekends going outside the city and, and eating. So talk about that story a little bit. It's a very wonderful story. Well, it, it's, it was kind of like, well, you know, what happens when, when you're away from, from your family a, a lot since the age of four years old, I was in New York. So when you come back and visit, it's always like a really big deal and they want to show you everything. And when I visited my family, they always took me out to do all the typical things that they do in Colombia. And one of the things that I loved most was really taking a, a ride just outside the city. And basically you would see like all these like little places that would sell food and people would just bring blankets and, you know, just sit out under trees or where, wherever that, you know, it was just really off the road. and. The other thing would be also that that it would get all my family together, you know, and it was a, a nice way of, you know, seeing my real family that that I didn't grow up with. But, you know, had the experience of 
of spending some time with them while I was there. So that was always a lot of fun to be outside and just like, you know, be in nature. And, and there's something I, I think really special about eating outdoors. You, you know, said that to me once before, and I'm really glad yeah. you brought that up. So expand yeah. on that. Yeah, I think I think just being outdoors it just reminds me a little bit of camping also and and just being in tune with nature. And, you know, I think that connection is is, is really strong. And in a way, when you're outdoors, also, it's, it's more welcoming. You know, it's kind of like, you know, it's different than just being indoors, you know, and I'm, I'm a person who loves to be outdoors no, no matter what <laughs> I love just. I'm very active, so I love being outdoors and, and doing things. Where I live, I have a porch on my house front, and we've we've been here for almost 30 years, and we've really never, hardly ever used the porch, never, mm. until COVID. And oh. suddenly we needed to eat outdoors because uh -huh. we couldn't live without our family. It was so hard and friends and so we would have people over and we would sit outside with our coats on and mm -hmm. and just share beverages and snacks and whatever it was but it was outside and it was really special mm -hmm. and now we just love the porch and except for when it's 95 degrees out we go out there a lot uh -huh. so i i agree with you it's really different eating outside you know yeah and that was the main idea with behind the the open kitchen the open kitchen was really because there's a lot of community gardens. There's a lot of spaces where people grow their own food, but people kind of tend to their plots and kind of like go home and kind of separate or things like that. My idea was kind of to to make a space where people would really the purpose of the space would be to people to share food and and come together and meet other people, connect with other people and kind of. Uh, share that's really kind of the biggest the biggest thing that happens in the project is we share everything and and uh the, that's kind of the way the project has evolved you know with people just bringing things to the project people volunteering getting together you know connecting which is i think one of the most important things and covid showed us that <laughs> how important that really was you know it's really yeah. important so when did the Open Kitchen Sculpture Garden start? I started uh, May 2015. It's been like seven years. Seven years? Seven yeah. years. That's mm -hmm. great. Yeah. And I started with seven, seven lots that are owned by a nonprofit organization in the neighborhood. And um, basically just cleaned them out. It took me about a year, year and a half almost to clean it out. The amount of trash and everything that was there. And also just the way we were, I was doing it was basically, you know, with friends and trying to get people to come participate. And uh, it, it was an amazing process. You know, it, it was a neighborhood that kind of really needed some attention. It's just, it's on a very small street. So there was a lot of dumping, a lot of like, you know, things that shouldn't be happening on the street. You know, all these like little streets kind of like become places where where people, you know, kind of do whatever they want without really thinking of anybody else. So because it's sheltered from 
the watchful eye of the, you know, the governing, the police. Sure. Yeah. And it's dark and it's, you know, there's nobody around and, you know, there's all these different things. Trash is always thrown. So it was it was a tricky area at the, at the beginning, but now it's really changed. And also the area has been changing a lot, too, because of uh, gentrification and mm. the neighborhood's been changing. So but I think the project has been an impact just because it's been something that's been very alternative, very different and also very open, which is the main thing that I, I like about it. It's it's open really to anybody who would want to do any type of activity or gathering or experiment with something or share some ideas that they have or, you know, and that was really the, the main thing of creating this space. So I'm really thrilled to hear that the neighborhood has changed. I'm not thrilled about gentrification necessarily, but I'm really happy to hear that your project is having an impact. That sounds terrifically successful. Yeah. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a lot of people and a lot of work, you know, to get it to this point because there hasn't been any like direct funding or, you know, anything organizational wise with the project. It's been very organic, Mm -hmm. which in a way it's kind of something that I kind of wanted to do. I'm staying away from, from turning it into a nonprofit and I'm kind of like, making it an experimental place where people could kind of like explore that idea of like, let's get together, let's do something different. Let's, you know, create our own way of sustaining ourselves, uh, making the place better, making the community stronger, you know, things like that. Do you have like buddies that are your assistants or you're all together on a team and in case something, you know, you have to go away or something like that, who takes over for you? Well, basically, uh, it's whoever. There's a lot of people that sometimes uh, pass through, you know, and they'll stay for a while. It's been really kind of, you know, I have my main friends, which are really core friends that have always been helping me out. And then the rest are just people who who pass by and are interested in the project. Uh, artists, musicians, a lot of young people are interested in it because I think it, I gear it towards them because I think that's the way it should be, you know, people experimenting with different things. We had a great art market uh, last Saturday and it was all these amazing people doing like beautiful work, handmade work and things like that. And just the connection that they made amongst themselves and you know, the food that was there, the music, there was DJs, they had a drumming store. The event was, it was a beautiful gathering, you know, of people and everybody who was there kind of walked away with with a very good sense of community of like, you know, reinforcement of like, you know, what they're doing. And I had a great time. I always have a great time. <laughs> Just seeing this space being used for me is a really important part of it, you know. Because then I develop it more because I see it and then, you know, it kind of just makes me create more things to make it bigger or better or, you know, to accommodate people to, you know, make it more interesting. So 
If we were in the 1960s, I would say this sounds very much like you are the organizer of Woodstock. You know what I mean? <laughs> Art and music festival with people and, you know, making the world a better place, which is what you're all about, basically, at its yeah. root, you know, for it, each other. And in a simple way, it's very simple. You know, that's the key, I think, is like the space is, it's a very simple space. And, and what we do really doesn't take that much money. You know what I mean? To, to make an event, it doesn't take that much. It, it just, it's a matter of like the the energy of the people that that come together to do it, you know? And, and it affects everybody who comes into the space, you know, because everybody leaves with that, good energy that good vibe of like being in a space and seeing all this creativity and all this talent so it's simple in a way if you if you really think that it's not it's not that complicated it's, what's complicated is that there's too many things happening in the city so it's hard to get people to come all the time that that is another layer of the event yeah, because you would like to have people in there 365 days a year, right? <laughs> yeah, I think the, the more the space is used, the more the space can grow, you know. Basically, that's the idea of it. Every time that something comes into the space, it makes the space better, you know, in many ways. Give people who haven't seen Open Kitchen, Sculpture Garden, Give them a visual image of what it looks like. You walk to the space and there's, what, two giant sculpted heads on either side? Well, it's actually, I started the space from the street. Like I said before, it's a street that's very small, so there was a lot of dumping. There was a lot of, you know, things like that. So what I did was I created the whole sidewalk, both sides of the street of the sidewalk with plants, raised beds. I made sculptures. And that was basically to deter people from dumping, but it was also a way of like giving the community a chance to see plants and, and vegetables and how we grow things and things like that. And then the entrance, then you would walk through the entrance. The entrance was made with a, a friend of mine who's a welder and it's a beautiful old wooden doors and looks like a castle type thing. And, uh, and then we have a, a, a shipping container, which I did get a grant from uh, Penn Treaty SSD, and, and we turned that into a, a, an off-grid solar-powered wood shop. And that's, that's like really one of the biggest assets that we've gotten in, in the project because that gives us all our energy and you know to run the machines, to lights and things like that. And then uh then inside the garden, I, I created spaces for every type of people. You know, I created a little tree house for, for the kids. I created an earth oven. Uh, there's a little greenhouse where we start our seeds. And it's also uh, like part of the wood shop. There's plenty of places to have fires because I really love fires. I have an herb spiral inside. We have two stages inside for different types of events wow we have a kitchen area where now we could cook we have two ovens uh stainless steel top and wow. all of it was was uh created out of um an oil tank from a house amazing you cut through the oil tank and turned it into ovens 
Yeah, we turned it into a cooking structure. <laughs> so we did this with a friend of mine who's a welder. He's from Uruguay and he's absolutely amazing. So he developed this kind of like system inside. So two people could cook on either side of it. The top is stainless steel, so you could cook on top of it. But it, it all runs with wood and the wood circulates around two ovens that are in the center of the oil tank, you know? So amazing. It, it was custom made. <laughs> well, you must have engineered it. I mean, no, he engineered it. He did all the work. He engineered it too, because, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's one thing to be a welder, but it's something else to actually be able to envision something sure. as complicated mm -hmm. as that. Uh huh. Yeah. No, no, no. That's what I mean about friends. It's like, <laughs> you know, that's in, they're invaluable. They're really, the biggest asset of the whole project is really people, you know? Yeah. Let's um, ask the future question. What What is your vision of the future for Open Kitchen Sculpture Garden? Let's say it, five years out or 10 years out. Yeah, um, exactly that. For it to be sustainable, for it to be a model to do in other communities, I think it would It'd be great. I would I would also enjoy that because I, I I love to start from scratch. I love to initiate projects. So and that usually happens to me. Once I, I start something, I like to see it take off. And then and then I also like to start another one or something different. I always I have already some ideas of other places and different things <laughs> that I would love to do. You know, like one of my future projects later would be really working with elderly people, you know, mm. and, uh, kind of uh, using that whole idea of teaching youth carpentry skills and helping youth create a trade. And then in turn, connecting that with like helping uh, senior citizens who, who, who basically would need, you know, small house repairs and things like that, mm. and, you know, make intergenerational programs, which think are super valuable to to keep people you know involved and motivated and have them tell their stories and you know i think that's that's another thing that i really want to go into you know and, and explore with that all right well you heard it first he's looking for more <laughs> land to create another one <laughs> Yeah, I think there's so many neighborhoods that could benefit from from the same same idea in different levels, different ways. And but it's just to have a space that, you know, the neighbors could get together and create a space and preserve green spaces also, which is very important. Uh, well, and create new green spaces. Sure. A lot of neighborhoods in Philly, like the the one around Norris Square with all the gentrification and everything. There's not a lot of green up there, yeah. trees and grass and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. So yeah. it's needed. It's really needed. I think the city should help you out. You know, <laughs> you don't want to be a nonprofit, but I, I wonder if there's someone, you know, in yeah. the city has got this big project. It's called Rebuild. I'm mm -hmm. sure you've heard of it. And they're going to try to rebuild the neighborhood recreation centers and libraries. but. Uh -huh. Boy, they're missing a, the boat if they're not going to do something with green spaces outside. Sure. 
Yeah. I think we should do it's a city thing. It should be a city thing. It should be. <laughs> Not that you want to lose control of the idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it shouldn't become bureaucratic. Uh-huh. That would kill it. Yeah, I'm staying away from it, keeping it as fresh as possible and as, you know, as diverse as possible too. You know what I mean? With just yeah. helping out young people, young artists who are coming out and doing things and, you know, finding their way of like, you know, making a living and things. So let's um, pause for a moment and turn our attention to the sculpture house. Is that all right? Sure, of course. <laughs> you, you live in a place called that you've called the Sculpture House, and you are rebuilding it. It's is it still a work in progress, or is it pretty much done? It's pretty much done. I, I bought it in two thousand ten. I started it in two thousand ten, and uh, the idea of the project was really kind of like I like to think of art in in a, in a different type of way. I, I like to make art fit into my life and and make it accessible to me and make it so that it's really part of it and uh, my background in in actually being an artist comes from my father who was a, a construction worker and so my skills and everything like that come from him teaching me and working with me since I was very little building so I always wanted to 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 make that happen and and use that and what happened was in 2009 my dad had a he had a stroke and he basically you know lost all his, he lost his speech and he actually lost a lot of he didn't know really what a hammer was you know so it was it was a very a really big impact on, on me and and my idea was like to kind of bring him up here and I would like, I bought this house that was like basically a shell and my idea was to like have him live with me and, and we would rebuild this house together and, and actually at the same time, hopefully rebuild some of what was lost of, of him and, you know, and try to get him back somehow. And that was the main idea of, of the whole project, you know, and, um, that was the intention. And um, unfortunately, my, my father was living in North Carolina in this really small town. And he didn't like the big city, Philadelphia, and it was hard on him. So he didn't stay too long. But but I stayed with the idea of, of, of what I wanted to do with the house and how I wanted to build the house out of recycled material. And and instead of doing art, I stopped doing art. And I said that I needed to to invest that my energy into making my house. But I would do my house like an art piece, like a sculpture. And and in that way, it would be my own creation. And I would live in it. And I would kind of like, and since I do like working with people, I started working with young people. I started even working with youth offenders. And they became part of the project which was uh, goes along with what my idea was what I wanted to do with my dad, which was to help him, you know, in the process of like rebuilding something and also kind of, you know, so it turned into like this mentoring and it turned into, and none of this was really planned. It was just, it just kept <laughs> happening and, and I just went with it and, and 
it was just a beautiful idea because it, I really saw what a change it did in, in, in the youth that did participate. And I also had to like barter with friends who were, you know, electricians and plumbers and, you know, and I developed this whole idea of, of trading and bartering that wasn't based on money. It was based on our, our relationships with, with them. And, and, and that made everything more interesting and, and more meaningful. And so the house is very, everything in the house has a story, comes from somewhere. Everything is like, you know, reminds me of this. Somebody helped me with this and this turned out this way. And, you know, so it's got tons of stories, you know? <laughs> I love so. that. You, there should be someone, you should collaborate with someone to write the house, the house's story. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be fun? Sure, sure. And, and someone could illustrate it with uh -huh. you know, drawings. You could have photographs, whatever. Uh -huh. You have some pictures on your website of the interior. And uh -huh. I want to know about the floating staircase. You have this beautiful open stairway, gorgeous uh -huh. wood stairway. So how, who made that? Was that you and? No, actually. No? That what I was doing is at the time it was like um, everything I was trying to get for free, basically, you know, uh, dumpster diving, doing everything like that. And, and uh, I was, I always went on Craigslist for the free things. Mm -hmm. So, and I love hardwood floors. So there was a person who had uh, an ad that said hardwood floors, come get them. And you know, you take them and whatever. So I, I drove all the way. I don't, I don't remember where it was, but I drove somewhere to, to get, the hardwood floors and when i got there i, I realized it was hardwood floors but I, I wouldn't be able to use them because they're very thin slats and you know it was just like this old old wood floor that i wouldn't be able to kind of reuse it but since i was there i was like no no problem i'll help i'll help the guy you know take it out and i'll take some of the wood and things like that and we started talking and we started we you know talking about different things and I was talking about my project and then he just turned around he goes you see those stairs they're oak you want them <laughs> and I said okay <laughs> so it was wow. a great, it was a great lesson because it, it's sometimes what happens with us you know definitely for me it was a big lesson sometimes we're like so focused on like what we we want and then when we don't get it, we kind of like close off that that part. But I didn't close off. I just, you know, went with it. I, I, I said, I'm here already. I'm going to help him, you know, get what he needs done. And I'll take some wood. And uh, but I just did it that way. And out of that came out this thing that I'd never even imagined. And it was these beautiful oak stairs. <laughs> and he he just like it was a it was a great experience, you know, everything. Like I said about the how everything has a story. Everything, you know. Well, I'm thank you for sharing that story. That <laughs> is a really great one. I can't imagine you moving a whole staircase. Oh yeah. In a must have had a big truck, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to. I had to uh, get a friend who had a big truck, and and we took it. You know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, I had no idea. That's really great. Yeah, That's beautiful, and it's a beautiful way you got it too. I mm -hmm. love that you went, you were open, you helped the guy, and then the guy became generous again. And sure, 
offered you his stairs. <laughs> Without even, I didn't even imagine it. <laughs> no, but it's great. Yeah. Is there any other story you want to tell us about the sculpture house? I'm uh, into stories, so if you got one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, basically what I did with the house was I kind of shrank the house. And and uh, even I even dug out because uh, the basement was was kind of like you could go into the basement, but you really couldn't stand up that much. So I kind of dug out the basement, and that was like heavy duty work, you know, to oh, dig yeah. out the basement. Was and, it a, a dirt floor or was dirt it dirt floor? Yeah, yeah, is a, a dirt floor. So we dug it out, and actually, because my idea in making the house smaller was to have a yard. So I could, you know, plant and do things like that. So just the the amount of, of work it was to get the soil out and things yeah. like that. And at, luckily at the time I was working with with uh, the the youth that I was working with and we were able to do it, you know. Did and, you have buckets and pulleys on yeah. ropes? No, just, no, no, no pulleys, just buckets, just constantly five-gallon buckets, you know, handing them out, handing them out, like, you know. Wow. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, that 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 was a, a big part of the the house too because I I, I kind of for me it's this is like a, a a house that was made in a certain way that uh, the idea was not to spend you know so I don't have walls you know I made everything open so that light could go through from one side to the other side uh, so it's easy to heat. It's easy to cool, you know, try to think really practical. You know, plumbing was very practical, all lined up, you know, very, very simple, simple. But so what did you trade back to people when you were bartering? I'm interested in this. Did you give them art or uh, like objects or skills? Uh, a little bit of both. I did trade some artwork uh, to a friend of mine who had a lot of building materials. He collects building materials and, and he likes my artwork. And, and we traded that way with people who were like friends who were electrician or plumbers. What I would do is I would trade my time because basically whenever they needed help uh, doing another project, doing another house, I would work for them, which at the same time for me was learning, mm. you know. I was learning from from them how to do it so that I could do it, you know. So all these experiences were really kind of ways that and were very enriching and beneficial to both of us, you know what I mean? So that that really kind of uh got me hooked on this whole idea of bartering and 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 trading and you know which I've and, continued to do. And, it, and also teaching yourself or being sure. taught. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got, you are an educator. You have taught at Moore College and many other places, I believe. Sure. And, you know, in public schools. And you've got an educational thread that runs through all your mm -hmm. projects, I think. Mm -hmm. Teaching and learning and back and forth sharing. Uh -huh. Sharing can be learning. And yeah. I find that really inspiring so i hope that young people that are in your aura in your orbit get inspired by the the ideas of learning and teaching and mm. all that kind of stuff well, well that's that was mainly uh because i took the route of 
that route instead of the route of like going into the galleries and trying to sell my work that way. So I basically have supported myself uh, as an artist like 33 years now by teaching, mm. you know, in workshops and, you know, after school programs and anything that you could imagine I, I've, I've done. <laughs> so, but I love that because it is what, and when you're teaching, you're also learning about how to make art and you're also learning from your students, how they make art. And it's like the same idea. It's just like, you're always kind of absorbing new things and, and using that, you know, so. It's totally great. It's a better way of, of kind of following. That's what I decided from in my, in my case, it was a better way of following my passion of art was to follow it without getting into the business of art and into the, the whole thing, you know, that I kind of didn't, didn't agree with really. I didn't want to be part of, you know, so. That's a whole nother conversation I hope oh, to yeah. have with you one day. <laughs> but right now we're kind of at the end of our podcast time. And I want to ask, is there anything else you want to say to people? And also the question, how do people get in touch with you to have an event? Say they want to come and do something at the Sculpture Garden. Well, one of the, one of the main things is uh, I, I always tell people I love to meet people. You know, I, I, I don't like to like just like talk over the phone and I, I like to meet people and really have them see the space and being the space and and us talk about different ideas and different things like that, because I, I like to have a feeling about the person, too, with what we're doing and how what it's going to be. I, I'm really kind of like uh, uh, the space has been really special for me and I've maintained it very special because of the things that have happened in it, the way it was built and all the people. So I always maintain that with, with having people come out. We have potluck dinners every other Wednesday. Um, if Roberta, if you could please uh, put some, my email or something, I would people could email me and, and I always love meeting more people and, and I definitely want more people to, to be part of the project. So I'm very open with that. And uh, yeah, it's very simple. It's not, not complicated at all. <laughs> Just like we'll talk and we'll figure it out and yeah, we'll try it. <laughs> That's great. That's so great. Thank you, Pedro. It's been just a humbling and wonderful experience talking to you. I've been speaking with Pedro Ospina, who is an artist, educator, and the founder of Open Kitchen Sculpture Garden. Thank you, Pedro. Thank you, Eduardo. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.